We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stengel. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Happy early birthday eve. Thanks. At the time this comes out, my birthday will have passed. But the day we were recording, it is the day before my birthday. Mm Mm-hmm. And I heard you did fun stuff, which I'm sure you'll share during something good. Yep. So you just have to wait until then to Ooh, find out yeah. what I did. Gotta listen to the whole episode. Yeah. So I'm opening up the cubby. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What did we do? What was last? What was the last episode? <laughs> it was the pedestrianism one. Oh, yeah. The walking. The boots were made for walking. There could have been a lot of... There was nothing that was necessarily wrong with the content, at least that anybody's told me. Okay. But my audio quality was bad, and I think what happened is when I was setting up the recording, I didn't select the right audio input, so my mic wasn't picking up me properly, so I apologize that my audio sounded like potato cam... And Maddie's sounded super crisp and clean, so I sounded like I was recording in a bathroom, basically. But Which is hilarious, because I was recording in my bedroom. Do I need to just start doing that instead? I, I don't know. That's kind of funny. All right, so this is week three of birthday month. Birthday month. So it's another one of Madison's topics. That I already forgot. <laughs> which is fair. And I just realized I have not translated anything, so (laughs) we're going off the cuff. We're doing it live. Doing it live! (laughs) Fuck it. Hell yeah. Looking for more content? You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. If you'd like to see pictures from this week's episode, not to mention bonus content and funny memes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at yieldcrimepod and on Facebook and Instagram at yieldcrimepodcast. On TikTok, of course you are. Follow us at Yield Crime Podcast. This week, we're going to be discussing Villa de Vecchi. Mm. Italian. Yeah, so we're in Italy. Haunted? Maybe? Question mark? Mm. We will explore. Ghost noodles. Ghost pasta. I thought you said ghost nipples. (laughs) I was like, ooh, (laughs) that's exotic. Espresso. The coffee comes and goes. <laughs> Information was pulled from the following sources. A 2021 History Things article by Jade. 2020 Pasta and Plague Medium article by Emily Lindstrom. 2018 Atlas Obscura article by Lizzie Phillip. 2018 NSS Magazine article by Ket Chitalin. I hope I said your first name right. I'm sorry if I didn't. Either way, that's a cool name. Right? Mm -hmm. It sounds like an awesome name. It does. Either way, any pronunciation, it sounds cool. Good job. 
like someone I would enjoy having ghost espresso with. Congratulations, mom and dad. You did it. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. 2018 Vintage Everyday blog post. 2018 The Vintage News article by Taryn Smee. Atlas Obscura. House and History article. Italy Magazine article. And Renovating Italy article by Lisa. And links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes. Awesome. So does anyone else remember the book In a Dark, Dark Room? Yep. Absolutely. I know all of them. All the stories. Yep. Especially the girl with the choker. The ribbon. So for those of you who didn't grow up in the 1980s and the 1990s, because I have to put 19 in front of it now. Losers. (laughs) For one... (laughs) You missed out on so much. So much. You missed out on dial-up internet. Yep. Mr. Mr. Yuck glow-in-the-dark stickers. Oh, Mr. Yuck. Don't yeah. you remember Mr. Yuck? Mr. Yuck. I saw a recent battery commercial that it was like, has a, has a yucky coating so babies don't put it in their mouth. And it had like a modern Mr. Yuck on it and I was like oh my god Mr. Yuck I used to put a sticker on everything that was edible (laughs) don't eat these vegetables they're yucky I can't Mr. Yuck's on it Mm -hmm. Mr. Yuck hates corn my hands are tied (laughs) so for those of you that don't know it was a book full of ghost stories like the girl with the green ribbon And the little girl who gets driven home in the rain, but who's actually dead. Yep. So when I was first diving into this topic, my initial thought was in a dark, dark room. Cool. And as we get going, you'll have to let me know if you're kind of feeling it too. Okay. That'll keep the the millennials engaged. Nice. In northern Italy, specifically in the mountains of Cortanova that lie just east of Lake Como, near the tiny hamlet of Bindo, is a now abandoned 19th century mansion that goes by many names. The Red House, or Casa Rosa, the Ghost House, the Witch's House, or Casa del Streng, Strich, it's S-T-R-E-G-H-E. I don't know what tell you. (laughs) But today... I'll simply refer to it as Villa de Vecchi. The villa once belonged to Count Felix de Vecchi and was his lavish summer house. Sounds about right. Right underneath the mountains by the lake. Mm -hmm. Felix, who was born in 1816, played a pivotal role in liberating Milan from Austrian rule as head Mm -hmm. of the National Guard during the unification of Italy. Nice specifically during the five days of Milan in 1848. Not only that, but he was also an explorer, an accomplished painter, and extremely well-read. He just sounds like your typical historical hero. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, George Washington. He was really interesting. And then, like, the thing you read the most is, he had cherry trees. <laughs> so it's just like... And wooden teeth. Like, yeah. Yeah. Felix was a painter. <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. And he That's liked to explore things. And was good at war. <laughs> I'm good at war and art. <laughs> Prior to settling down, he explored the East, including India, Egypt, 
Persia, Turkey, and the Middle East. He mm-hmm. even wrote a book about his travels that included illustrations of his experiences. As he would. And it sold very well. I bet. Could you imagine, like, cute little paintings? Mm-hmm. Cute little illustrations with, like, I was here. The food was delicious. I was here. Pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> the little illustration of the pyramids. I'm picturing watercolors for some reason. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah, but, like, not fully in color. Mm-hmm. Like kind of in like shades of gray and stuff almost. With like pops of color. Mm-hmm. I'm already in love with Felix. Yeah. He sounds great. Felix married Carolina or Carolina Franchetti de Ponte in 1844 at the age of 28. That's kind of late, but he was at war. Yeah. Fun fact I, as I have mentioned, surprisingly can't read Italian. and despite my best efforts i was not able to come up with any further information on carolina to be able to give you any clue as to her age anything about her really other than that she married felix and i am assuming based off all of the source material that i referenced that she was a real person because (laughs) everything about her this was like the same thing in every single thing i read is that this was her name they got married. Let's imagine that she was just as good of an artist and she loved to travel and I'm hoping I'm I'm envisioning that she really liked reading poetry. Like she was his muse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like sitting by the lake writing poetry and he was doodling mm-hmm. her image. Yep. That checks out with a haunted house. Yep. I like you know? That. Like mm-hmm. the sunny the sunny backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's way to go, Carolina. You're the gorgeous girl in the painting by the lake. Mm-hmm. Yep. Following their wedding, the two journeyed together all around Italy, and throughout their journey, Felix would paint the places they visited and chronicle their adventures together. Yeah. Oh my God. This is like pre the Instagram hand. Mm-hmm. You know, the girl like reaching back. Yep, She's like, leading her lover to, like, yeah. these crazy destinations. Come explore. Only she was, like, actually experiencing it and didn't have to pose. <laughs> yep. And he was sitting there, like, sketching. Yeah. It's little watercolor circles. While she's drinking ghost espresso. Hell yeah. Ghost wine. <laughs> ghost Vino. pasta. Zero calories. Vino Blanco. Haunt- haunted. Oh. Spooky. <laughs> Blanco Gosto? I don't know. I don't know. We're about to get really... We're about to get cancelled. <laughs> We're about to get really, like, just not great. Let's no. keep going. Carolina yep. and the ghost wine. Yep. Yeah. When the pair returned to Milan, Felix had become a bit of a celebrity as a result of his romantic takes on the places they had visited. Oh, well, Nice. In 1854, 10 years after they married and after they'd had a couple children, Felix commissioned Alessandro Sidioli to build his family a summer home in the mountains, inspired by the places he had visited in the Middle East during his youth. Well, that's not a daunting task at all. Right. It has to be inspired by this. Be like, I hope I get it right. This guy knows war. Yeah. (laughs) He's a war-hardened romantic. War, hard, and romantic. I love that. 
I want that to be the title of a, a smut novel. There you go. TM, TM. TM. Yeah, you have to ask me permission, nerds. The home was built within a 130,000 square meter park of land with okay. extensive gardens and promenades, a I large pressurized fountain. Really? During what? And this was in the 1800s? Mm-hmm. Ooh, 1850s. That would, been, that would have been expensive. Not to mention a keeper's house. Good. The irregular shaped building included five floors that had basements that were utilized as cellars, areas for servants, and an observatory tower that unfortunately was never finished. No! It sounded so cool. That's where the haunting starts. It's just (laughs) This abandoned tower that leads to the stars. It's just full of regret. (laughs) (laughs) I can't see the planets. It just exists in regret. And that's what that's what fostered the haunting. The location also provided Felix and his family a way to take advantage of the natural thermal springs that were nearby. Ooh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Alessandro, who was a well-known architect, ensured that the villa, which was a blend of Baroque and classical Eastern styles, Included all of the latest in-home furnishings that the time had to offer, such as hot water pipes, a dumbwaiter, our favorite, mm-hmm. and indoor plumbing. Nice. The interior included a large fireplace. There were frescoes and friezes everywhere, and even a grand piano in the living room. That's really extravagant. He mm-hmm. made a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, he was the head of the National Guard. Yeah, but like... And, I mean, he sold a book, so he was an accomplished author. That was successful. He was a painter. Probably sold those, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And we don't know if Carolina came from money or not. That's true. Hard to say. Mm Mm-hmm. Alessandro passed away a year before construction of the villa was completed in 1857. Mm -hmm. That's the architect, not not Felix. No, I know, but like... It's still sad. Maybe he's the reason he started the the sad observatory. It will never be finished. We'll never look in space. My regret. <laughs> he just came back down from the heavens through the observatory. <laughs> no. <laughs> as with all famous ghost stories, this death is the real start of our story as it was viewed as an ill omen. Uh, uh. According to rumors, the first few summers that the Devecchi family spent at the villa were happy ones, until 1862, when Felix was away from the villa one night, only to return to a ghastly sight. His wife, Carolina, had been brutally murdered, and her face had been horribly disfigured during the attack. Oh, God. Not only that... But their daughter was missing. Oh, no. Trigger warning for the next 30 seconds or so. Okay. (laughs) Felix tried and failed to find his missing child, spending weeks scouring the woods surrounding the villa. The heartbreak of losing not only his wife of almost 20 years, but their child drove him to complete suicide later that same year in 1862. He was 46 years old at the time of his death. That's really sad. So it was just his son left then? 
The murder of Carolina remained a mystery, but locals believed the Countess was never the intended victim, that it was Felix who was the real target. Many believe that because he supported the unification of Italy, he became a target. And to this day, no one knows for sure. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a number of people, you know, mm-hmm. when you're that high up in, in a political power, especially like armed forces. Mm-hmm. Could have been anybody. Well, and two, they only really stayed at the home in the spring and summer. And I don't know what that looks like in Italy, but it could have been something as simple as a home invasion gone wrong. Like yeah. maybe someone came in thinking they, they weren't going to be there. Gone. And then there she was and they were like, okay, this is happening. I'm murdering and then, her. And then the daughter saw it and it's like, well, I can't leave you. Yep. Yeah. Upon Felix's death, the house was passed down to his brother, Biago, and it remained under the control of the De Vecchi family until the start of World War II. Wow. Following this, a number of aristocratic families owned the home before it was ultimately abandoned in the 1960s, over a hundred years after it was built. Man, this is like the perfect backdrop for a horror movie. Just wait. Yeah. (laughs) The most famous legend surrounding the home is that it once played host to Aleister Crowley in the early 1920s. Really? For those who are unfamiliar with him, Alistair is a famous English occultist who founded the Thelema religion in the early 1900s. It's said that during his time at the villa, he performed a number of satanic rituals, including orgies and sacrifices, both human and animal, hoping to channel the negative energy that was trapped in the house. I'm sorry, but whenever you, like... I have a really hard time whenever it's like a satanic ritual and the first thing they're like, it was a bunch of orgies. Yeah. (laughs) Was it? Was it though? Was it? Was there a lot of sacrifices there? Or was it just some like lonely guy and a candle and some chalk? (laughs) Jerking off in the corner. (laughs) Jerking off in the corner. And that's where he made his pentagram. And he was like, boo, Satan. <laughs> and then he gave up and walked away. His friends in the corner, like, are in the living room playing the grand piano, playing some spooky music. It's like, did you just do what I think you did there? Yeah, I just had a bunch of orgies and sacrifices. So that checks out. I'm going to tell everybody out. about it. I'm going to tell everybody. Not <laughs> about the jerking off in the corner part, but you know. The orgies. The prolific orgies (laughs) and sacrifices. All the orgies. I'll make it so you don't... You sound evil, not sad. (laughs) (laughs) Sad is worse. (laughs) (sighs) Hold on. Satanic sadness. Satanic sadness. Satanic panic. (laughs) (laughs) Antichrist. And, of course, there is also mention of suicides and murders. Which is the trifecta. Yep. Satanism, suicide, and murders. Gives the big nice three. little haunted stew. Mm-hmm. Some locals even swear they can hear the sound of the grand piano playing within the ruins on quiet evenings. 
I mean, if the wind hits it right, then they're wooden keys or even like heavy marble. Like Washington's teeth. <laughs> it's, wooden, it's made out, it's made out of his, teeth keys. His wooden teeth, the, the, the cherry trees. It's just, it only plays patriotic songs. <laughs> it's not like patriotic Italian tunes. <laughs> just out of spite. Just, just hauntingly plays Grand Old Flag. Plays Battle Hymn of the Republic. Yankee Doodle. It's haunted patriotism. Bomb it. <laughs> Too bad none of that is true. I know. At least regarding the deaths. <laughs> Haunted Washington's teeth. That only plays Yankee Doodle. <laughs> it is a fact that Felix commissioned the building of the villa. By the time it was finished, his wife had already passed. Oh, so she didn't even get to. So the whole thing with her being murdered, the daughter getting kidnapped, all of that is fake. Oh, I mean, that's good, right? Yeah. It sucks that, like, sh sh they didn't get to enjoy the villa. Yeah. She that didn't sucks. get to. He did, but she didn't get to. That sucks. Yeah. That's how I pictured her. It's, like, on a dock by the lake at the villa. By the pressurized fountain. But she didn't get, like, horrifically murdered? Nope. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how she died. He had two small children, so perhaps she died in childbirth when the second one was born. Yeah. Complications. It was the 1850s. Who knows? There's a million and one different diseases that were going around that people were dying from. So We don't know what that's like. <laughs> no. Can't relate. Hard to say. By the first part of the 1860s, during which he was in his early 40s, Felix developed a chronic liver disorder. And he spent the last months of his life traversing between Milan and Cortanova. He utilized this time to paint and care for his children before he passed in Milan at the age of 46. Traveling with that disease would be really hard. I can imagine how painful that would be. Especially during that time. Yeah. And like, knowing a general thing about veterans... They're either okay with medicating their pain, or they're not okay with medicating their pain at all. It's usually one or the other. Yep. And for whatever reason, I picture this guy just raw dogging yep. his horrific disease yep. for the remainder of his days. And pretending he's okay because he's yeah. got kids. He doesn't seem to me like somebody who would be high on pain meds to Opium. cope. Yeah. Because he could. I'm sure he had the money and the means. Yeah. He might have. But in my brain, Felix didn't do it. Go Felix. Following his death, his brother Biago inherited his fortune and property and took over the care of Felix's two young children. I hope he was good. I think so. I mean, I could find zero about this family. So all I took was from the English articles that had to do with this place. Okay. Biago had major renovations done to the, on the property, 
which removed the eastern influences altogether, <clears throat> including the signature dome that was in the center of it. That sucks. Right. Way to be uncultured, Viago. Right. It would be passed down from generation to generation until 1938 at the start of the war, at which point it was abandoned for 20 or so years. When it comes to the rumors surrounding Aleister Crowley, he did spend time in Italy in the 1920s establishing the Abbey of Thelema in Sicily, but it's unclear if he spent any time in residence at Casa Rosa while he was in the country. Yeah. I have a hard time with it. It's pr- it was probably just a convenient rumor. Yeah, I highly doubt he traveled to these mountains to go. He went past it and they were like, he performed a ritual there. <laughs> yeah, he like rode past it and they're like, oh my god. Orgies. Just a million orgies just happened. <laughs> right there. There's a river of blood into Lake Como. In 1959, the property was purchased by the Medici of Marignano. Sure. Who didn't really do anything with it. Well, that sucks. Yeah. It was owned by local entrepreneurs, but it wasn't long before it was ransacked, its furniture Mm -hmm. stolen, and it was ultimately defaced by graffiti. I mean, that makes sense if you're just going to have something sit abandoned. Mm Mm-hmm. By an idyllic countryside in the middle of nowhere, essentially. Teens are going to get to it. Yep. And they're going to have blood orgies. Yep. And jerk off in corners. Really smell like teen spirit now. (laughs) Spookily and literally. Yep. Teen spirits. Teen spirits. In fact, the villa hasn't been occupied at all since 1938, when the De Vecchi family sold it. That's really sad. Yeah. So yeah, of course it's going to be super haunted. A piece of property that big that isn't attended to at all mm-hmm. since 38. Yeah. And you know, like, wars happened yeah. <laughs> during that time. Around. Yeah. Yep. Man. Yeah, and who knows who, like, squatted there, what people did right. there, you know, like. I mean, if it was a big enough property, you could easily be there for a long time. And no one would know. No one would know. And just, like, bathe in the hot springs. Mm-hmm. Recently, the Italian Environment Fund was has created awareness campaigns for the structure, And even though the current owners have agreed to turn over the property for free in order to have the home restored, it's estimated that the cost to bring it back to its former glory is upwards of 6 million euros, or around $6.2 million. Yeah, because you guys left it alone. For almost 100 years. For almost 100 years. And it's huge. Yep. And probably made of materials that don't exist anymore or aren't readily available. Yeah, Yeah. way to go, dummies. Of course it's going to be expensive. Yeah. But checks out. Further adding to the improbability of the house being renovated is the fact that an avalanche in 2002 recently wiped out several homes near Casa Rosa, although the villa itself was left untouched by the natural disaster. Oh, it's super haunted then. The ghosts were like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Go somewhere else, rocks. 
As a result, the Superintendency for Cultural Heritage has stated that the Cortanova Mountains nearby are medium to high risk, halting any future restoration plans. I mean, it's a convenient excuse to not spend $6 million. Yep. Can't really blame the government for that. Yeah. Especially now. (laughs) Yep. Like, hey, we're going to wait another hundred years and hope that it's still there. Yep. Sound cool? Cool, 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 cool. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. It's going to be, you know, $12 million by then. It's fine. Regardless, the facts behind the ornate home don't deter ghost hunters and thrill-seekers from claiming that something sinister lurks behind the crumbling and graffitied facade. Have the ghost hunters been there? I don't know. I didn't see anything about ghost hunters. Dang. Either way, it earned the moniker of Italy's most haunted house. Even avalanches won't go in it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They're like, listen. Yeah. Now Bagel Bites is going to head over there and be like, this place is super haunted. It's so haunted, rocks don't even want to destroy it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, rocks, what do you have to say? (laughs) I touch this rock and I feel a negative presence. (laughs) Today I'm stomping around in these thermal springs. Is that George Washington's teeth? (laughs) I think I hear Yankee Doodle Dandy coming from inside the property. It's Yankee Doodle, bro! It's Yankee Doodle, bro! (laughs) Today, the home is falling apart. The window is long gone, and the interior walls are covered in pornographic, anti-Semitic, and satanic graffiti. As teens do. Teen spirit. Yep. Mm -hmm. The surrounding countryside has also slowly started to take over residents inside the ruins. That's cool. Yeah. Good on you, nature. Mm-hmm. It's got okay. a lot of really cool vines that are like growing up. I bet. And stuff. I love that. Yeah. Because I mean, that would be a good, if it's close to a lake and hot springs, it's going to be a great place for vegetation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of trees and stuff that are around it that are like real close to the building. It's pretty. Yeah. Visitors to the home have claimed to have heard a female voice, as well as sounds of the grand piano. The fun fact is damaged beyond any sort of repair or playability playing late at night. Like, if you look at pictures of this place, it looks like a giant anvil was, like, dropped on top of this piano. It's basically just, like, splinters of wood and wire. Yeah. Not long ago, one of the upper floors collapsed, which resulted in the urban explorer who was inside to become injured. It's their own fault, Jeffy. Yeah, way to go. Following this, it has been boarded up and padlocked to prevent further entry, leaving the urban legends surrounding it. And that's the story of Villa de Vecchi. That's very similar to the book. Especially if he's like, I, I can almost see them doing like a macabre mimic of his art mm-hmm. to talk about it. Yeah. Which is messed up, but like kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of cool to see. Like all the different version, all the different legends surrounding the house mm-hmm. in his art. Mm-hmm. So somebody has already done that, which somebody could have. I mean, that was my first thought, and I'm not smart, so. If somebody's talented figured that out and there's a version, you should send it our way. Yeah, send it our way. 
Got something you want to say? Shoot us an email over at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story ideas, see any gifts you send our way, or if you just want to say hello. We're pretty friendly. Speaking of friendly, if you'd like to have real-time conversations with us, consider joining our Discord over at the Cultivate Network. You can chat with us over at the Old Crimers Cubby or catch up with any of the other great creators that are part of the Cultivate family of podcasts. Just click the link in our show notes or over on our link tree to get started today. I'm Edward October, and I'm here at the October Pod Ranch in the Great Smoky Mountains. Almost every night here, there's a ghost story party around the campfire. In my family, we believe that scary stories are best told around a roaring fire with a bottle of wine. That's why bold individualists everywhere choose October Pod for their retro horror thrills. Our stories are so good because they're told with such care. Understated. Moody. And, above all, chilling. Why don't you join us? For retro horror of impeccable taste, choose Octoberpod. Find us on YouTube or at octoberpodvhs.com. Octoberpod. Retro horror for bold individualists. This week's podcast plug is the October Pod AM podcast. This spooktastic podcast is in the style of a radio drama, sharing fictitious tales reminiscent of creepypastas and campfire stories. Nice. Utilizing voice talents of several podcasters and more, October Pod AM is the Lovecraftian radio show you didn't know you needed. Nice. And they're also part of the Darkcast Network. Awesome. So if you are interested in checking them out, we will have a link in the show notes. And on that note, what is something good you'd like to share? Your gifts came. Woo! And I'm like, I'm stoked to share them with you. They've, just so you know, they've been wrapped in a very matty fashion, which, <laughs> um, as most listeners don't know, it's trash because I have never been good at wrapping or presenting gifts in any way. If it's not a, an instantaneous, here you go, look at this. It's it's almost like a disappointment into excitement. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to say that I did that on purpose, but I don't. I genuinely like sometimes try to make it look nice. <laughs> it's like a curse. It's kind of like when a, when a child wraps something. It really is. And my partner, who's very, like, crafty and precise in things, the first time he saw me wrap presents, he was like, never again. (laughs) (laughs) This is terrible. Let me take that from you. Let me just do this for us on our, like, on our family's behalf from now on forever. That's fine. But he wasn't here today, so... I wrapped them, and one of them isn't technically wrapped because I didn't want to hurt it. <laughs> so it's outside the wrapping. <laughs> but I think it's better this way because I don't like hurt the gift. So okay. I'm excited to give them to you and to see you. And so that's kind of my, my good thing this week is I love giving gifts and doing small things for others. Same. So. I was, I've been pretty stoked 
to share them with you. So awesome. Yeah. Happy happy early birthday Eve. Thank you. What's your good thing? My good thing is I'm getting older. I will be, <laughs> I will be 39 tomorrow. So when you guys hear this, I am officially 39. That's a good number. I mean, it's divisible. It's easily yeah. divisible by three. Yeah. And that's the weirdest way to describe it. It adds to 12, which is another divisible number by three. Yep. It's just a very and three pleasing. is my favorite number. So it's a very pleasing number. It is a pleasing number. You're right. So, regardless of the other connotations and consequences that number brings, mm-hmm. it's a very good number. It is a good number. Thomas was like, "What do you want for your birthday?" And I was like, "I want a treat yourself day." He was I like, feel- "Okay." <laughs> I just wanted rocks. You wanted rocks, and I was like, I want to be pampered. Yes, which is a way better, it's a way better ask. Like, I want to be treated nice, and I'm like, I want rocks. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Because you like rocks. I could have gotten this massage two weeks ago. Yeah. No, I just got rocks. <laughs> You could warm them up and then like rub them along your body and give yourself a hot God. stone massage. Hot stone massage. <laughs> Is that what you got? What no, you get? I got I got a regular massage. Although I did splurge and get like a scalp massage, which was really relaxing. Ooh, that would have been nice. So that was nice. I did that right away this morning. And then I went and got a mani-pedi at the place in town. I love them because they actually talk to you. Nice. It's it's nice when you find a nail salon that, like, you can connect with. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's like a hairstylist. Like, finding a hairstylist that has the same, like, personality and yeah. interesting topics like you do. Yeah. It doesn't cut your hair weird. Yeah. And I really enjoy this place because they're always laughing with one another. You can tell that the people that come regularly, unlike myself, they have good relationships with the stylists that they meet up with, the technician, yeah. the male technicians that they meet up with. So it's just a good vibe. It's a good vibe. And you can mm-hmm. tell you're at a good place when you can apologize profusely for the state of your feet to your technician when you're getting a pedicure (laughs) and she laughs and she's like you don't have to apologize just come more often next time and i'll be like like, yes yes i will that's a good sales tactic way to go ma'am yep yeah she's great so we did that and by we i mean me i did that and we went and grabbed lunch and i took a nap and we went and got mediterranean food for dinner which was good you didn't get ramen? I didn't get ramen. Where did you go? We went to f- Ah, what kind of Mediterranean? Like Greek? Greek-centered or like... Think more Turkish. Ooh. Like they have really okay. good shawarma and kebabs. They have this thing called shawarma pizza. It's basically like a big 
like Turkish bread pita looking thing that has like stuff inside of it. Like the one we got had like lamb and beef and cheese and big chunks of tomatoes in it with like olive oil. So good. So good. Yeah. You're going to have to send me that because I can already tell that my fiance is going to want to go. He, he's a, he's had a hard time finding people that know how to cook lamb in our area, which is kind of fair. It's really good. And it's actually not that far from you guys, honestly. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We've been there a few times. They make their own hummus, and it is amazing. And they give you these giant Turkish breads that are, like, hot when you get them. So they're like, oh, God. Okay. We gotta stop. I love a good hummus. I love good hummus. It still has some of the chickpeas in it. It's so good. Anyway. Nice. All right. On that note, a great way to support the show if you want to help out but can't do so financially is to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods. You can leave a rating on Spotify or wherever else you listen to the podcast that you can leave reviews on. This one is from user David M. Ween on Apple Podcasts. It's a great name. It is. And it says, Yield Great Show, five stars. Wow, what a great show. Lindsay and Madison bring a lot of terrific energy into each episode in a delightful way. The topics they discuss might be a little unusual, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Smiley face. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you. If you're interested in ad-free content, consider supporting us with a one-time donation either over on Buy Me a Coffee or our Venmo page, both of which are in our link tree and in the show notes. If you'd like early ad-free content, not to mention some bonus material, become a member of our Patreon today for as low as a dollar a month. If you want a playlist of all our episodes on YouTube, click the link in our show notes or in our link tree and subscribe today for not only a list of our full catalog, but a separate list as well, just of our Can You Crack the Cramp Word segments. No tea public sales, but there is going to be a sale at the end of the month. And don't forget, we have our special birthday merch out the whole month of August. Same merch. So if you want some of your, if you want some team trampoline, if you want mm-hmm. some camel core stuff, get on it. We should do something about George Washington's teeth piano. We should. I got a noodle on it. Yeah. I'm not sure how I want to design it. I cannot tell a lie. Oh These beats are bitching. Oh my god, what if like what if like instead of blood it was cherry juice? Like cherry cordials. <laughs> and on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime. <laughs>